Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. As you're turning there, I woke up this morning and felt this phrase, and I knew immediately where to go in the Bible. And you, if you're seasoned in the Word, you would know to go here as well. But I felt the Lord say, stir it up. Stir it up. That means stir up the gift. Amen. Verse 5, 2 Timothy 1, says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Remember how we talked about the Holy Spirit lives in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is it, it is in you also. Notice the generations there. Amen. The Bible says in Acts, this is to, to a thousand generations, to your children's children, children's children, children's children, right? On and on and on and on. We got, we got that really in our spirit from that song, The Blessing. Who's heard the song, The Blessing? Over and over and over again. It's a great song. It's very overplayed, but I love it. Amen. But that's what they're talking about. Verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift. I want you to say stir up the gift. Of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stir up the gift, the gift of God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. This weekend is about the Holy Spirit and fire, lighting a fire here in Allentown so that when tomorrow comes and the back to, back to Sunday, back to church Sunday takes place, that there'll be a fire already lit to warm those who need to be warmed. Amen. That they're not coming into a dry, dusty, cold church, but they're coming into a place where the Holy Ghost is moving, where people's lives are being transformed. Amen. People are alive and happy because of the gift of God is stirred up on the inside of them. Come on. That's, the, that's what's happening here. That's what revival is. Revival is falling in love with your first love all over again. Falling in love with Jesus. Coming alive to the things of God. you got to stir it up, though. Notice how Paul is saying here, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God. That means if you have to be reminded, it means you can forget. If you got to be reminded, you can forget. Even with our strong structures of Christianity and our faithfulness to go to church on Sunday, to go to whatever club on Monday or Tuesday and go to church on Wednesday and and be a part of that, and even maybe go on Thursday. You could go every single day. Sometimes you forget to stir up the gift of God because you can get into a religious system of just going through the motions when God wants you to be stirred up for fresh, fresh things, for fresh fire, for a rekindling to to have new things take place in your life, to break the mold of, of constant just systems, and systems are great, but sometimes it's time to do something new. 
Sometimes, see, the Holy Ghost is always into the new. He's cutting edge. The Holy Ghost is cutting edge. He's, he's not back in 1900s, 06, praise God for Azusa Street. But he's not there. He's here in 2023. He's not back in the 50s. Those weren't the greatest days. These are the greatest days because you're here right now because you're alive. And the Holy Ghost wants to come and put his hand upon your life, and he wants to use you like he used them. We're not waiting for the days of old to return. These are the greatest days you'll ever live. Amen. We're living in the final moments of time, folks. We need to be stirred up in God. I mean, we need to stay red hot on fire for God. I'm talking about when they see you, you're so red, like, like when you ever put like some metal in the fireplace and you pull it out, and it's still just like beaming red. It's so hot, you can, it will just cut through something. That's how red hot on fire for God you got to be. Can you say amen? Where whatever the world tries to throw at you, it just burns right through because you're on fire for Jesus. Amen. And that's what you've done here tonight is come here on Saturday night, and what's happening is, is I just brought a big spoon to stir you up, to stir you up, to stir you up, because there's more in God. And the devil, what he's tried to do is he's tried to kick your legs out from under you, some of you. He's tried to put your fire out. He sent wet blankets in your life to come around and say, you know what, you're getting a little too crazy with God. Don't you think you need to just take a couple steps back? Who do you really think you are? I mean, don't, don't you already got a job? Why, do you, why are you volunteering so much of that church? Why are you getting so on fire for God? Those are the wet blankets. They're trying to put you out. But if you're so hot, even a wet blanket can't put you out. You'll just burn right through that thing. But it's up to you to stir it up. It's up to you to stir it up. We know in Revelation, we know that the Bible says that God will spew out a lukewarm believer, like vomit. He doesn't like lukewarmness. That means just, ah, uh, yeah, it's okay, but this is okay too. I'm not going to make a decision. I'm going to stand uh, on both sides and just wave it out. No, you got to be hot or cold. Beloved, I wish that you would either be hot or cold, for if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I'll have nothing to do with that because God wants you on fire. I'm talking about on fire for God. I'm talking about a bonfire taking place. Who's ever been to a bonfire? I'm talking about a real bonfire. I'm from Praise God, I've been resurrected. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, I'm from Indiana, and we got a lot of area and space. So when I'm talking about a bonfire, I'm talking about a bonfire. I'm talking about, like, this room's too big. That would be like an evangelistic exaggeration. But I'm talking about huge, huge. Because my dad used to build it. He still, well, he doesn't build houses, but he's, he remodels houses. And what he used to do is have to tear some of the houses down. And what he would do is he would set it aside in this big field area. And instead of having it hauled off and paying money for someone to haul it off, because we lived in the middle of nowhere, he'd just light it on fire one night and we'd just stand by it and watch it burn. I've been at those big, big bonfires. I mean, you're talking about a house on fire, that big. That's what God wants to do with your life. Amen. That's what happens when you come to a revival service like this. Each one of us is like a little match that's on fire. But if you put us all together, it's like a big fire. Amen. And an evangelist should come with kerosene and dump it on you so you can just boom. 
That's my job, to dump a bunch of gasoline on you so you can keep going and running with fire. Amen. I mean, that's, what, that's why it, it's so important that you're in church. The Bible says, he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because by yourself, eventually that match will burn out. But you come together, that thing is going to continue to burn. Why? Because your pastor is going to throw logs on the fire to keep that thing stoked. Amen. Now, I bring the gasoline, but if you've ever had a fire where you just throw gas on it, I'm sure you've seen it, brother. It just, boom, it blows up for a little bit, but then it wanes. But if you throw some logs on it, it's going to burn all night. It's going to keep burning and burning and burning. Amen. That's why you need a pastor in your life. Because the evangelist is only going to cause a boom. And then you, we need those booms. Praise God. Absolutely we need those. But you need the stoking of it. You need to be in a church. Amen. I don't know who that's for. It's probably those watching online. Get to church. Amen. Church tomorrow. Back to church. Praise God. But we got to stir up the gift. So it's one thing. To go, it's one thing to get help from your leaders and your pastors, but what about you personally? Because Paul was talking to Timothy, and Timothy is in charge of a group of people. Who is he going to go to when no one else is around? He's got to stir up the gift himself. David had to stir up the gift himself too. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He had to stir himself up because everyone else was against him. If you know the story of David, he ran from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him, and for a good period of time he was alone, and then people joined him. But even after a little bit of time, those people got angry at him for a period of time, and then he was alone again. Have you ever been in a crowd of people yet still alone in your own self? You can be in a stadium full of people but all by yourself. you got to stir yourself up. Amen. you got to rekindle the flames. I love what the Bible says in the Amplified Classic. If you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. Obviously, it's a lot drawn out, but I love this progression. Verse 6, I'll just read that one for time's sake. That is why I remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire, the inner fire, the inner fire, the fire that burns. Do you wake up every day burning for Jesus, burning for Jesus? I mean, you're just, your first thought is Jesus. I love you. Or do you wake up and you just get, let the cares of life just take you over, the cares of life. And they can be good things. But what about, what about Jesus? What about your love for him? What about knowing who you are in him and just loving him and, and letting that be who you are so it can flow out to those around you? you got to stir that up. you got to fan it into flame. You know, if you've ever been at a bonfire, I have a friend. He probably still does this, but we used to have bonfires in high school, and he would stay up all night to be that one guy to keep the fire going. One night he fell asleep right next to the fire, and when I woke up, it was just embers sitting there, and it was out. And I said, his name's Ian. I said, Ian, what, what's going on, man? you got to keep this thing going. This is your job. And he said, yeah, I fell asleep, but it was just embers. And he said, don't worry, I'll get it going again. So we went and grabbed a log and grabbed some, some sticks and some, some leaves. And if you've ever started a fire, you know you can get that fire going again just, just like that because there's hot embers there. And all he did was he began to fan. He began to fan it as he put those leaves there and stuff. And all of a sudden, whew, it came back. See, some of you all right now, you, you got embers burning. 
That doesn't mean you're not on fire, but it's about to go out. You got to begin to fan the flame over that. You got to begin to gather some kindling and get that thing going again. Amen. And that's what Paul is saying here to Timothy fan the flame, the gift of God, which is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman, he'll never force himself on you. But if the more you yield to him, the more he's going to show up in and through your life. The more he'll burn big on the inside of you, like a big God that he is, the more you allow him to. Amen. You just have to stir it up. And I love verse 7 because this is what really is the main issue here. And we love to just only quote 7, but you know what, as Pentecostals, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor I'm Pentecostal. Or I'm in a Pentecostal church if you're not. I'm not Baptist, Pastor. And I love my Baptist friends because they're saved and they're going to heaven, and I love them. I'm not Catholic, but many of them are going to heaven. Amen. But I'm Pentecostal. I'm tongue-talking. I'm devil-casting out. I'm laying hands on the sick. I'm seeing them get recovered. Amen. I'm a Holy Ghost. And when we read this, we got to realize he's talking about stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life. He was writing to, you know, Paul was writing to Holy Spirit-filled believers. Whether you believe that or not, he was. The people were part of the church back then. To be even a part of the church, you had to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, we know by Scripture you don't have to go to heaven by being filled with the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's not, that's not right. You can just be saved. But he was talking to them to stir up that gift because the persecution at that time was at an all-time high. They just killed Jesus not long before that, guys. Not Maybe, I don't know exactly the time, but it wasn't long, years. And they, they were killing off the disciples. He was saying, Timothy, be red hot on fire because the persecution is at hand, and the way you overcome it is by stirring the gift of God up on the inside because the spirit of this world is a spirit of fear, of, of timidity, the Bible says. And the Bible goes on to say, God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. So he was saying, as you stir up the gift of God, fear will get up and get out of the way so you can step forward and do what God has called you to do. Because fear is always going to be there. The fear of failure might be in your mind. The fear of loss might be there. The fear, fear of man might be there. What are people going to think if I do this for God? They're going to call me a Jesus freak. Isn't that a song by Toby Mac? An old song. Pastor Cole could probably sing it word for word. Many of you guys are looking at me like, who's Cole? Toby Mac? No, it's true. You, there's a fear of man. There's fear, fear, fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power. A power. A power to blast through. A power to break through. Amen. A power to overcome. A power to live holy. A power to live right. A power to treat others right. Amen. A power to walk like Jesus. Talk like Jesus. Live like Jesus. Miracles like Jesus. A power. A spirit of power. That's the Holy Ghost. But you got to stir it up in your life. Many of you are thinking, where's the power at? you gotta, you got to turn the switch on. If we walked in this place and the pastor didn't hit the switch before we walked in, it's dark up in here. We ain't seeing nothing. We'll be running into things. That's foolish, right? All we need to do is go turn the switch on and we can see. you got to turn the switch of the power of the Holy Ghost on in your life. Amen. How do you do that? 
by stirring up the gift of God, by getting alone with God. I mean, we can, I can give you different practical things. By praying in the Spirit, that's the easiest one. You get up, you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like praising, you don't feel like doing anything. But if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can just speak in tongues, and you can go, I don't care how I feel. I don't care what's going on around me. I'm stirring up the gift of God for the fire of the Holy Ghost to come and light something on the inside. Because I'm not going backwards, I'm going forwards. Shout yes. Shout yes. You're going forward with God. By the fire of God. If somebody lit your pants on fire, you're going to take off running. Is that right? Sounds like acceleration to me. No one do that in here, please. We don't need an actual demonstration of that. But there... You just you gotta you gotta get to that place where you know what circumstances are there. Things happen. Life happens, but those things that happen don't determine what I do with my destiny. Those things can come, but they don't determine where I, my end result. My God determines my end result. Can you say Amen? My God determines my end result. Then the sickness might have came, but by His stripes you will be healed. I'm not you. You gotta have an attitude of I'm not letting go until I see this thing manifest in my life. You have to. You have to stir yourself up. If you don't, you'll just succumb to what, the, what is happening in your life. Amen. So there's fear. Fear has to be dealt with. Fear of failure. Fear of loss. Fear, fear of man's opinion. Fear of the unknown. That's a big one. Well, what happens if I do this? No security. What happens if I step out and do this and I have no backing? Besides God. Well, brother, you're not going to make it. There's no one backing you but God. Think about how dumb that sounds. That's stupid. Well, brother, if you really step out and do that, you know, it's just going to be you and God out there, and we wouldn't want that. What? But you, these, are, these are things you got to overcome because God has put stuff in you, and it's going to take you taking steps. But if you don't have the fire of God, you're going to be done before you start because all it takes is one wet blanket to put you out. All it takes is one little hiccup and says, well, it wasn't God. No, there's trials and tribulations, but don't worry. Jesus is overcome. Things are going to happen along the way. That doesn't mean God didn't call you. That doesn't mean God has left you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right? Just because something happens doesn't mean it has to take you out. That should fire you up to take the devil out. I'm telling you what. I remember when I got saved. I won't tell the whole story, but my brother prayed for me for six months. Took four to six hours a day in his Pontiac Grand Am. 1998. Praying in there six hours a day for me to get saved. Fast forward, the day of Pentecost, which I had no understanding of the calendar of church at that time. I was a 21-year-old in college and could care less about the calendar of the Christian world or the Jewish world. Just being honest. I didn't know it was until I walked in and they started talking about it. And so I guess I'm here, and next thing you know, I'm standing at an altar, giving my life to Christ, getting filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, right? It was a glorious time. It was a glorious moment. Eight days later, I'm on my way home, or on my way home, which I mean back to my college. I was in college, but I was coming from my mother's home. And on the way back, I'm telling you, I'm five minutes from 
my apartment. And I just got talking about how great God is and how I'm going to answer the call of God. And, and I'm just telling my family, this is just amazing. And sure enough, I take a left at a stoplight, and a drunk driver comes through and slams me head on. Head on. And all I could yell at that moment was, Jesus. And my car flips around about 270. And there I am, and I, I, I'm just in shock of what just happened. And I get out, and thank God I'm okay. Just a little bump on my knee, which it wasn't anything serious. But I remember my brother uh, Zach was with me. And he said, you probably should still just go to the hospital to get, you know, be checked out. You know, that's wisdom, right? And uh, I said, yeah, you're probably, probably right. So I get there, and as I'm sitting there, and they're running all these tests and stuff, and I'm just thinking about, man, I just gave my life to Jesus eight days ago, and what is going on? Has anybody ever been there before? Everything's good with God, and all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere and rocks you like a Mack truck from hell? Literally, it was basically like that for me. But I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about it. Eight days saved, folks. And I'm meditating on, and you know, eight represents new beginnings, not to get too numbery, but it does. Eight means new beginnings. And I'm meditating on the fact that all this happened, and instead of getting offended at God, I had enough sense to say, you know what, there's a God and there's a devil. And I remember walking out of that hospital, and I don't know if Zach remembers this or not, but I remember saying to him, I said, the devil will pay for trying to kill me. The devil will pay. And from that moment forward, it's been 100 miles an hour after Jesus. Because, see, what is trying to take you out doesn't have to be what takes you out. It should be what fires up the, what's on the inside of you to take the devil out for trying to touch you. Because the devil has no right, no right to touch a believer. No right. God didn't send a drunk driver to try to kill me. That's the devil. Foul devil. And he will rue the day that he did that. And what's going on in your life that you can look back and say, man, this happened. I can't believe this happened. But this is going to be the crucible that I march forward and blast the devil's head in and do what God has told me to do. Can you say amen? Use that to stoke what God has put in you. Come on. That's for somebody here. You, may not, you don't have to go through a tragedy for the fire of God to come in your life. That's not what I'm saying. If I could go back, I wish that never would have happened. But at the same time, that was a moment where I said, I'm either going to serve God or I'm going to blame God. Many people have been there. And sadly, many people have blamed God. But that's the moment to say, you know what? I don't understand why this happened. I know I love God. I've been giving him everything I have. But guess what? This is just a moment to lay my life down afresh, to give it all back to Jesus and say, this ain't right. But I know the devil is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. And I see people in this place rising up and smashing the devil's head in for a living because now you realize I can make this thing into my crucible to make this be the thing that sets me ablaze for God. Hallelujah. You know, I had a battle fear after that to drive. Believe it or not. I was afraid to even get behind the wheel. Ask my mom when she comes in October. I was afraid to drive. But God sent this woman. I'll never forget it. I've never seen her ever again in my life. We went to this little church in Plymouth, Indiana, my, pa my grandfather was a pastor. He sent this woman, a Jewish woman, who gave her life to Christ, 
from Fort Wayne, where I just had that accident, all supernaturally sent her to that little church. Because she's never been back, never heard from her ever again in my life. But she's preaching, and she looks at me, and she says, there's a spirit of fear on you. And she dragged me right out, and, man, laid hands, and boom, I hit the floor. And I'm telling you what, I got up, and then I could get in the car like it never, ever happened. That spirit of fear came and went. Praise God. And that's what the world has been trying to do is put this fear on people to even go anywhere, do anything, touch anything, pray for anybody. Come on. You, that's why we're going to lay hands on people tonight because there's things that you're battling that you need the hands laid upon you where the Holy Ghost anointing will come upon you and blast that thing right up out of your life so that you can march forward with God because there's fear that will keep you from going forward. But God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, a sound mind. The Holy Spirit will never hurt you, never harm you. Amen. Hallelujah. If that never happened, I might still be afraid to this day to drive. People have been. There's people I know. They won't even go down the highway. Unless they, you got to blindfold them or something. I don't even know. They, they show up at some events and you're wondering how they get here because they, they are so afraid to even get in a car. <laughs> well, this is for you then. You got to get that out of your life. My wife had to battle with this, with airplanes. When you're called to go around the world for Jesus, you're going to have to get on a plane eventually in 2023. She had to overcome fear of getting on a flight. I think she's feeding the baby or I'd have her share a little bit. But there's things in your life that the devil has put obstacles up on purpose to keep you from going forward. But if you just get that revelation that greater is he who is in me, than he who is in the world, that this thing that's staring before you is not going to be what determines your destiny. And then you run at it, not from it. You run at it. Now, I'm not running at cars like a crazy man because a car hit me and tried to take me out. That's not what I mean. But if it's a fear of flying, you get on a plane until you get that thing broken off your life. It's a fear of driving. You get in that thing until it's broken off. First it starts, we can lay hands on you, boom. But then faith without works is dead. You got to get in the car and you got to drive after that. And at first it might be still a little nervous because your flesh is flesh and your flesh wants to react to what it used to feel. But you got to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs forth the issues of life because your heart is really your spirit. And if you've already been set free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You tell that flesh to shut up and drive. Shut up and drive. You got, if you've got to speak to yourself, you do that. This flesh, Paul said, I buffet my body daily. In other words, my body doesn't tell me what to do. My spirit man tells me what to do. And then as I do it, the flesh gets in line. Amen. That's how you got to be. And so you gotta, you got to recognize these things. And even as I'm talking, I'm sure it's popping up in your spirit. This is an obstacle. This might be a fear. This might be this. Whatever it is. And then put yourself in a position so that you can overcome that. Amen. You know, even at one time, I was, I was a little nervous to even speak in front of crowds. I'm a quiet person in general. Just ask my in-laws. They know I'm quiet. My wife would say otherwise, but around people, I'm quiet. Not her, though. But I'm just a quiet person, and, and, you know, when you're normally a quiet person, insecurities can set in. 
And I had to overcome that. That was a fear, a fear of, man, what are people going to think? Are they going to like my voice? Are they going to like how I look? Are they going to like how I talk? Well, I don't, I don't sound like them. I don't preach like them. I don't, I don't look like them. Remember I talked, I opened up last night and said, you know, you just need to be you. God made one of you. Just be an original. Amen. Originals are more valuable. If you got an original CD or whatever that was first released still in the package and everyone else has got a duplicate from Frostwire or Livewire or whatever you used to download everything from, and you got a ripoff, that ain't valuable. But the original's valuable. And you're a, you are a one-mold person. You're valuable. Amen. And how much more valuable, valuable are you that you are now the temple of the Holy Ghost? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? So God lives in you, so you're even much more valuable because now God's in you and you're one of a kind. Amen. And you got to run at these fears. You got to take these fears out. I mean, you got to narrow them in. You got to get your Holy Ghost sniper on that fear, and you got to take that thing right out. Amen. And that's why you got pastors who will help you walk that through. Because some of it could be trauma. Some of it can be things that was totally out of your control. Stuff that happened to you when you were little. Stuff that happened to you that no one knows about. And it's been constantly just buried on the inside of you. But you got to deal with those things. That's not who you are. Those things don't define you. God defines you. Amen. And you narrow those things down. Let God into every part of your heart, not just half of your heart. Amen. It's time to stop being so upset at what happened 50 years ago or 30 years ago or 15 years ago that was totally out of your control. Yet it still dominates your thoughts and dominates your decisions and dominates how your flesh reacts to everything. Got to deal with that. Take that out. Before it takes you out. And I say that in love. And we're not, every single person is, is not an exception to the rule. We all have things that we have had to overcome. That's why I'm t- being totally transparent with you right now about my own personal things. And God never reveals anything to you to hurt you, but he's doing it to set you free and to heal you. Amen. Fear will clog the pipes of the power of God flowing through your life. But we all want God to flow through our life. How many want to see miracles in your life? How many want God to flow? How many of you guys want to see God show up in every situation? Well, you got to get the debris out of the way. You got to get the things blocking the pipes out of the way. Otherwise, the flow is going to be trickling out. And you're wondering, why is it just trickling? Why am I just seeing God only move on, uh, on Sunday morning at church, but I come home and they say it's supposed to move even in my home and it's not moving? We got to get the debris out. Come on. You got to get the, the things, the fear. The, there's so many different things, but the main thing God's dealing with me tonight is fear. Fear of failure, fear of loss. You know, the, the wet blankets come around and disguise themselves like this. You know, I, I know so and so, and they believed God for God to heal them, but they didn't make it. And you got the same thing going on as so and so, sister so and so. Real encouraging. That's how they come around. Well, you know, I know you're believing God, and you know, I know you believe in divine healing, which means, you know, when you, when you pass on, you'll just close your eyes when you go to bed and wake up in heaven, but all my family members died of heart attacks and strokes, and you're part of our family, so therefore, I guess you're going to die of that too. Do you th- think about how stupid people are? No one in this room, but think about that. 
it's those who we know outside these four walls. Because the people watching online, I'm so happy you're watching online. But I want you, I'm trying to get you to think a little bit too. Because that's how they come. And then if you cave to how, what they're saying, because what they're really trying to do is just sow seeds of fear, just like I'm trying to sow seeds of faith, and then they're trying to just get you to believe what they're believing, because really, at the end of the day, they're so afraid themselves to ever do anything that they get uncomfortable when someone like you comes around who says, you know what, we don't have to live this way. And you're not doing it out of arrogance. You're doing it because you just trust God and believe the Bible. And they're saying, who do you think you are? And I'm nobody. I know who he is. Come on, you can do it too. But then they have their stories of how so-and-so and this and that. And you're like, great, thank you. Return to sender. This is not what my Bible says. So then you got to get, when you get that information, you got to go back and stir yourself up. One preacher said, like, the reason why the word is like the word is like water is because when you get outside this room and right now God the water of God's word is washing you clean. But you're gonna get out there out there around other people who's gonna try to put their mess on you. And sometimes that mess gets on you. But that's why you gotta get up every day, meditate on the word day and night, day and night, just like you take a shower in the morning and at night, so you can wash their junk off of you and stir up the fire on the inside of you, so you don't have to live the way they're living, but you can live the way God has destined you to live. Can you say? Amen. He wants to clean you up, and you can stay clean. Amen. But these things, these fears, they come. They're pushed. It's an agenda. We all know about that. We all felt a fear come the last couple years, a fear like we've all never felt before. If you walk outside, you're going to just die. The bodies are stacked as high as the Empire State Building. If you go to New York City, you're dead in five seconds. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm exaggerating a lot, but that's basically what they were doing. And then you know what's happened? A lot of us preachers, we've been having to get that fear off of people for the last three years because that's the seed of the enemy. We get people bound and, 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 and in a, a shell of, of never doing anything. And that's what the devil does. He paralyzes. But God doesn't paralyze. God mobilizes. And it's time to shake off the things that have been holding you back, and it's time to move forward with God. Go to with me to Acts chapter 28. We're leading to pray for everybody here in a second. Because we're going to be shaking off some fear, some shackles, some lies of the devil. Amen. Verse 1, now when they had escaped, they then found, then found out that the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when you get on fire for God, the vipers are going to start coming out. That's who's putting the fear on you. See, really what that should have showed us in 2020 is the church is getting so red hot on fire that the vipers had to come out and try to stop the church, try to cripple the church. But you can't stop the Holy Ghost. You can't stop the move of God. He'll always make a way. There will always be a fire of God moving across this, this nation and across this world. The vipers came out. That's what happens. Some vipers come out. They try to drag you down, right? 
And so when the natives saw the, the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer from whom they have escaped from the sea, yet does not allow, he's not allowed to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire. He shook it off. Everybody say, shake it off. He shook off the viper. And then it says that he was okay, and then it opened up the whole, whole island to him. But what happens when the fire comes, the vipers might bite. And then the people might say, look, I guess she wasn't really a woman of God. Don't you, didn't you hear what happened to her? Didn't you hear what happened to him? This happened, that happened. I thought they believed in X, Y, and Z. No, you can believe whatever you want to believe. This might have happened, that might have happened, but guess what? I'm shaking it right off into the fire, and I'm stirring myself up, and I'm running after God 100 miles an hour. This ain't going to set me back. This is going to set me up, for all things work for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. Just like we sung in, in the beginning. Shake it off. Come on, it's time to shake off the fear. It's time to shake off the shackles. It's time to shake off the religiosity. The traditions, shake it off. Shake off everything that's been holding you back and allow the fire of God to stir yourself back up. When you're on fire for God, you don't miss Sunday morning. When you're on fire for God, you rearrange your schedule so you can be in that seat on Sunday morning. Amen. When you're on fire for God, you make God a priority in your life. When you're on fire for God, you're looking to bless others. When you're on fire for God, you're looking for others to share the gospel with. When you're on fire for God, you're running into the things of God 100 miles an hour. Amen. But you got to shake off what's holding you back. Hebrews, last verse, and we're going to pray. Hebrews chapter 12. Because you're going to run your race with no shackles. Amen. You're going to run your race with no weights. You're going to run your race with no fear. Doesn't mean more fears might rise up. Because what happens is you break through through another level. It's like, oh, praise God. You know, I was afraid we weren't going to make it. Now, you know, uh, we're, we're good with this type of salary. But, you know, they want to do more. They want to add more. And then another fear comes. Because now you're at another level. God's telling you to do something, and it grows, it grows, and grows, and grows, and the fear might come. But guess what? If you already shed every weight, shed every sin, you can run with endurance. Amen? Verse 12, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says in Revelation, Jesus has been glorified. His hair is white as wool. His feet are brass. His eyes are as fire. Because why? He's went from being Savior to the baptizer of the Holy Ghost in fire. Amen. And when that fire comes, it will burn everything out. Hallelujah. Amen. If you could just play a little bit something, brother. Please. Thank you. One every head bowed and every eye closed. Before we pray for everyone, I never want to assume that everyone in the room is right with God. This isn't my home church. And so I want to give a call before we pray for everyone who desires prayer. If you've come into this place and you've never given your life to Jesus, and those watching online as well, You've never given your life to Jesus. I want to ask you, if tonight was your last night on earth, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? 
I want you to know there is a real heaven and a real hell, and you don't have to go to hell because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ paid the price for you. He exchanged his life for your life. And today he's saying, come, come, all you are heavy and laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to give you rest for your soul so that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt when you exit this earth that you're going to heaven. If that's you, I want to pray with you and for you. Or maybe you've come to this place, and I've been talking about stirring the gift and getting on fire for God. But if you were being honest with me right now, you would say, I'm not on fire for God. I'm not serving God like I should. I've gone cold in my walk with God. And he's saying, come back. Come back. Maybe it's something outward that happened, and everyone always reminds you of it. Maybe it was a divorce, a bankruptcy. Something happened and embarrassed you, and you were trusting God, and it just didn't happen. But I'm telling you, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus come to give you life. He's calling you for a second chance. Or maybe it's something on the inside no one knows about. Bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things of the heart. But God is saying, come. Come, I will take out that stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He'll restore you tonight. Or maybe you just want to know that you know that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven because the devil's been lying to you. If that's you and you fit in one of those three categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you're at. Without anybody looking around, I want you just to raise your hand and say, pray for me. Thank you, sir. See that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Those online, put up an emoji hand. Praise God. Anybody else? I want everybody to look at me real quick. This whole section, including those on the side, the only section. <laughs> if you've come into this place and you did not raise your hand, but you want to be a part of this prayer, we're about to pray. I want you just to raise your hand right now and just say, pray for me. I want to be a part. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise it high. Anybody else? Thank you so much in the back. Thank you. Those of you just raised your hands and those who raised it when their eyes were closed, I want you just to do something with me right where you're at. I just want you to stand right where you are. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand up if you raised your hands. Now what I'd like you to do is I'd like to pray with you as a family right down here. If you just step out of your seat, come down. Everybody's had to do it. And as you come, we'll be clapping for you. As you make your way down here, we're going to pray together. Come on. If I can have some help with the ushers. Praise the Lord. you guys just to look at me real quick. Whether you came up here for the first time or maybe this is a time of rededication, which I feel like it's probably the second, which is fine. I want you to know that it's not because of a man that you came up here, but it's because the Holy Spirit himself has put it on your heart to come forward. And whatever's going on on the inside or outside or whatever, God is going to do something with it tonight. Amen. He's going to wash you white as snow as if nothing has ever happened. So what I'd like you to do is close your eyes and lift your right hand to heaven because that's where your help comes from. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. So I want you to say this out loud and believe in your heart. 
Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe that you raised him from the dead, I will be saved. So right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross, I receive the blood of Jesus to wash me white as snow as if I've never sinned. Now say, Holy Spirit, have free reign in my life. Show me what I need to change. I forgive every person who's done me wrong right now. Jesus. Now lift both hands up to heaven and say this out loud. Say, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just begin to thank God for hands Can you give it up for Jesus? Souls and people getting right with God. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZanerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.